Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And this is our podcast, obviously, since you're listening to it. And uh, generally, we're going to be discussing films having seen them. So, just a quick note on spoilers uh, when we talk about them, always we've just seen the film. So, uh, if you do not want any crucial details of the film ruined for yourself, please watch the film, rent it, buy it um, before listening to the rest of this podcast. Unless you don't mind. Today's film is uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, starring Tilda Swinton, and this is our second Pod Me If You Can by request. This one's coming from Duran Keeley and was suggested through the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash podmeifyoucan. Um, but we also will be accepting uh, Twitter requests. Just add the hashtag podmeifyoucan and um, we'll check those out. So, Lloyd... What do you think of We Need to Talk About Kevin? Oh, I feel terrible. Uh, one of our Facebook users suggested this, and I was actually going to blast this film into the next universe. <laughs> That's fine, man. Um, I thought it was uh, pretty bad. I, it's an interesting slow reveal style, but if you don't have patience for it, and, uh, to me it was obvious from the opening. I knew it was go- I knew you know it was going to be like a high school shooting. And the whole film is like opening up and slowly revealing itself, which is a style quite often, if it's done really bad, I absolutely hate. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing is, you mentioned uh, it's about a high school shooting, yeah, which yeah. of course it is. That gets revealed on the IMDb page. Right. Which spoils it. Um, straight away. Like, it's on uh, you know, the blurbs and stuff. Um, pretty much spoilers it was I mean, interesting opening because it started out with the tomato that year of the fe- that festival and they're all finding the yeah. tomatoes but um from the moment the, you see the red paint and then the hospital and the school i was like oh this is going to be another mama doesn't love him story and the kid grows up bad it, it felt like you, you say know, an, you say another one what else is there like where oh uh, uh, another film like this well i guess elephant uh by gus van sant is the big one uh the more realistic documentary approach was co- uh, bowling for columbine there's been a couple of others which i've seen i can't remember the titles for but this one was a very methodical and brave approach i'll say which for me just didn't work i know this has got really um heavy ratings as well which i'm very shocked about i'm like wow because it's not a accurate study of the or psychoanalytical study of a kid turning into that it's it's re- like from the book from what i've read of the reviews of the book it's written um in the style of a uh, letter um the mother's writing letters um, to, to the everyone husband. yeah and it the writer leaves it open to what's causing kevin to be like this and i think they're just being lazy into explaining why the kids like that and quite often it isn't because it's like you know it feels like the omen when you do it like this, it feels like this kid is just born like the devil. And, you know, the mother's... It's like a Rosemary Baby style. The mother just has to put up with this and deal with it. Yeah, it's interesting in the film, they don't offer really an explanation. No, the kid all. seems to the be bad The kid just seems the, the devil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I thought that was interesting. Um, whereas it differs from Elephant and um, those sort of Bowling for Columbine-esque films, yep. is that it's already happened, and it's from the mother's point of view, and it's... I guess how it affects other people. Yeah. And also, in Elephant, correct me if I'm wrong, do the kids die? I'm pretty sure they die at the end. Spoilers for Elephant. Yeah, yeah. Elephant <laughs> as well. Um, that, yeah. We've had a few years on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty much, he's alive in this one. You know, he's obviously happy to be notorious for his crime. Yeah. And be in prison, at least at the beginning of the film. And um, 
you've just it's kind of like when somebody commits suicide um it's how it affects everybody else this is what i thought of when i was watching this it's how it's affected the mother you feel that was like a POV film just purely from the mother's perspective the whole time like you're really in her psycho- psychology yeah. the whole yeah, time and yeah and just seeing her flashbacks of when happier times as you say she was an adventure traveller yeah. um, that tomato festival at the beginning you know she seems thrilled and happy to be just in and the she, moment yeah yeah she and really wanted another life as well like the daughter was that opportunity I yeah felt. that's yeah. interesting because um, the son obviously she doesn't seem to love as you say um and i got that as well and it's also clearer in the book i'm sure um that she doesn't feel anything and when she's there's these scenes where she's pregnant and um there's other pregnant women around she looks worried and she looks at herself in the mirror she looks so different doesn't she yeah Yeah. and um she doesn't seem to embrace it at all it seems unplanned perhaps unwanted and then when the kid arrives she doesn't feel anything for him or there's just that difficulty bonding yeah and he obviously senses that kevin because he becomes a monster and whether that's because he was born with this kind of satanic it's the evil evil gene (laughs) yeah or whether or not it's a product of his environment yeah you know um i thought this was like a horror film um and we recently took a hiatus on pod me if you can there was a gap i don't know if anybody noticed (laughs) <laughs> but uh, the reason for that was because my wife had a baby girl. It's our first child. Congratulations, by the way. I thank you. And I hear all your applauses <laughs> yeah. through the microphone, through the speakers, if you will. And uh, her name's Jade Caroline. And this film was very unsettling and scary to me mm. as a first-time dad when I look at this and I think, this is some kind of monster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Um, and it's interesting how you say horror film because mm. it did feel like The Omen um, not offering up an explanation the kid like from when he was a kid and the mum's chucking the ball at him yeah. the evil look he gave and I was just like wow it's Damien all over again you know and the child always well the child I mean as the child grows up Kevin seems wise beyond years yeah. um, intelligent obviously uh, doing the math really really quickly and not caring um, sort of vicious and just uncontrolled uh, sadistic's a good word yeah um I want to talk about the colour red which was throughout this film and there's uh the butterfly effect when you listen to the audio commentary of that they did a similar thing where they put red every sort of few minutes they would do the same shade of red you know they would go and change the uh colours on the films they would get this specific shade of red and um this film was full of it and red well not full yeah, of it yeah the like. jam sandwich the painting of the house yeah, yeah. ominous and yeah. the tomatoes at the beginning the way she was having to scrub at this red and couldn't get it clean and like uh, you know uh, a sign of things to come and like there was this stain on her that she couldn't yeah. get rid of you know and when she's driving in that first scene and it's on her car and she she yeah, can't she clean can't the windscreens everything kind of uh, it's affected you know um I guess, did you uh, sympathise with Tilda Swinton's character? She was a great actress, but mm-hmm. because of the unbelievability of the situation, um, just how it was revealed, I, I just lost caring for it because I, I guess I knew what was going to happen. And if to me, I knew it was going to be a long road before we got to the reveal at the end. Oh, he killed everyone in school, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, she was fantastic. Um, and I did pity her. That, that was the main thing, because I really felt her pain. What, what do you do? You, you know, and at the end, that, that was a good ending where she hugs him. 
um, at the end, I'm still your mum and I'm going to be there for you and everything. That, that was nice. That, that was really nice. Yeah, obviously she's the witch in Narnia. Yeah. Um, she's uh, <laughs> Michael that. Clayton, she was the villain in that as and well. she won the Oscar for that one. And uh, in Constantine, she was also Gabriel, I think. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, which was, she was also playing a, a kind of villainous character. She's phenomenal, yeah. Yeah, no, she was really good. Not Oscar nominated for winning to talk about Kevin at all. Um but really watchable and very, very good in this, I thought. Um, John C. Riley as the husband. Yeah. I think anyone could have played that role. <laughs> yeah. The dumb, you know, the husband that's completely oblivious to any of this. <laughs> he was very oblivious. Yeah. And that's part of the problem. He's sort of a deadbeat yeah. husband, doesn't believe her. He's kind of over the top, the direction. You know, oh, yeah, you're just the whoopee. You know, a dad that just goes with the flow sort of thing. And when he's happy, he's got a big grin. Yeah. When he's sad, he's just got a big frowny face oh, about okay. it. okay, you know? sorry. I'm just going with it. And in uh, The Hours, in The Good Girl, in mm-hmm. Chicago, he's just kind of that husband character. Yeah. You know, it's just... He's actually very talented. I, I thought, you know, people might laugh at this, but um, Talladega Nights. Yeah, that, as a comedy. That was great, you know. And then he did Step Brothers, um, which I'm not a fan of Step Brothers, but it just shows that versatility he's capable of, yeah. And, of course, uh, his big leading role as Dewey Cox in Walk Hard. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, Magnolia, he was great in as well. Oh, yeah, when was he was looking cop? for the gun. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, the book, which neither of us have read, we should stress, <laughs> but I have been skimming <laughs> in anticipation of this, and I've got uh, something to read out of it that a little later on... you put on, that on the Kindle as well. I you did. moved to the Kindle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big supporter of the Kindle through Amazon. Um, just really easy, and the fact that you don't... Uh, well, besides holding a book, I mean, yeah. it's literally a button push to turn pages. But besides that, just the fact that you don't have page numbers... Uh, in the bottom corner, it's just percentages. So you're just like, oh, I'm reading 17% of this book, I'm done. You know, it's a feeling of completion. Sure. Getting to 100%. It's just very Rather kind of... than turning the book in the side with your finger in the middle yeah. of the pages, you're like, oh, I'm only that far. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You, you lose sense of uh, how far in the book you are. And also, if kids go, oh, it's 400 pages, you know, and they don't want to read it, yeah, yeah. this is different because just every sort of few button pushes, it'll go from 1% to 2%, you know. Yeah. You still get illustrations and stuff as well. Oh, so. cool. And I've, I've looked at it the digital link is phenomenal mm. yeah yeah no uh financing given to us from, <laughs> from amazon from amazon uh yeah. anyway uh i wanted to talk about there's like a conception scene with yep. um eva isn't it her name and uh the husband and uh it cuts to that very technical shot of the eggs and the sperm for a moment you know the very kind of creation of kevin and then just so detached from then on it's a whole different sort of movie because she's all happy and has longer hair and stuff before then i mean but that's kind of bound to happen at some point you know i mean you you tempt fate and all that sort of stuff and then you get this monster and i've written in big letters here uh, on my notes the omen as well because it was very much like watching which made it which separated me from caring I guess because the character became so unbelievable Mm. like I just can't believe a child is like that like uh, I don't know unless the writer based this on facts which I'm sure he or she didn't um, I'm sure it was just written um, obviously in response to these Columbine massacres but the character is just so unbelievably bad and evil that it just didn't feel like there was a reason why the kid matured into this like, it should have been the mother was very distanced with the kid and the kid just became 
you know, a shut-in. But the mother was very loving, I found. In, in her own way, like, yeah. In her, own, in her own way, yeah. We'll talk about that more. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, the, the book, since it's all in letter form mm. to the husband, there's this feeling of him still being alive. And you're watching the film, you're assuming the John C. Riley character is going to be around at the end, like that they oh, I divorced. actually thought, saw that coming, that he was dead that and he was dead. was dead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but if you were reading the book, you'd be reading these letters. Sure. And you wouldn't suspect y- that they weren't getting mailed. Yeah. You know, I mean, that they were just something she was holding on to in like yeah. a therapeutic way. So I guess maybe that's a failing of the film in that you thought he was dead the whole time. Yeah. I did feel like... Um, I, I wondered that, but then I thought maybe she's done something as well. The Tilda Swinton character's oh, done something I see. as well. And then he's left her. And he's left yeah. her. And either he's got custody of the daughter or the daughter's died or they've both been ruled unfit to raise the daughter or no. something like that. That's so an was, interesting point because everyone hated her so much. You'd think, no, but it's a son. Why yeah, would her? I was yeah. wondering why everybody hated her because, like, that woman punches her in the face when yep. she gets the job. And uh, obviously, people have covered her house in red paint and stuff. Yeah. And so I was thinking, what has she done the whole time? And, and wondering. And then when it turns out, really, that she hasn't done anything. It's all the sun, yeah. I mean, maybe she's done something by raising him this way, mm. you know. But ultimately, the son's actions have resulted yeah, yeah. in this. And, and it's worse, even, because the fact that her husband and daughter are dead as well, she suffered as well. Mm. And there's... um a line in the book where the best revenge is leaving her alive so she has to live this way so that's kind of his ultimate uh, act against her yeah, is to right. not kill her yeah is to and completely ruin her life yeah, exactly because yeah. her, her life is ruined after yeah she's this. living the hell forever now that's the ultimate punishment well un- yeah. until death yes um, I wanted to talk about the boy Kevin mm-hmm. played by Ezra oh, you Miller you mean Damien right <laughs> may as well be <laughs> Um, Ezra Miller, very good performance. Yeah, I, I thought that as well, but I, I remember somebody saying, I think it was Orson Welles, those villainous parts where you just have to look mean are very easy to play. Okay. And I was thinking, yeah, he just gave a whole bunch of evil looks, didn't he? <laughs> I found it really unsettling when yeah, he was... Yeah, he, um, he was had, very uncomfortable to be Taking around, his yeah. toenails or fingernails out of from under his lip or wherever he was holding them. Yeah. And uh, how monstrous he looked when he was in prison. And doing that... Um, that monologue where he talks about how people remember him and you know nobody remembers the person who got perfect attendance or whatever it yeah. is you know and I found those sort of monstrous moments really good yeah um, and there are some looks he gives when um, he's looking at the mother and he doesn't want the dad to know what's going on in his head and um, that kind of stuff would just drive you nuts from the mum's point of view it's because like, he gives her a look the moment the dad lo- is looking at him he's smiling you mm, know really two-faced exactly very two-faced you know um just a poor influence from the father as well like Kevin seemed to be allowed to misbehave and get away with things his whole life mm. you know um and I, I kept wondering why she didn't do more because if he is acting this way like she could have recorded him being awful um, you know, secretly. Well, the big thing was that happened earlier when she threw him mm. and he broke his arm and she told... Uh, he told the... Uh, he the, lied about yeah, it. Yeah, he lied about up. it. Yep. And really, she was, like, locked into some strange psychology of the boy. Yeah, like um, one day he would tell on yeah. her if... Yeah. Yeah, she's just like, oh. But as a child, and he was a child then, though he was in diapers, Yeah. Um, 
because he was a child, I would have thought he would forget about that. You know, you don't remember every incident in your life. Um, he wouldn't remember that grudge, but for some reason he did. He held on to it, yeah. Uh, but I also thought, why didn't... Because he was so awful, why not send him to boarding school or something? You know, military, um, you know, discipline. Yeah. If I was like that to my parents, my daddy would kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I wondered why... <laughs> yeah. Nobody when did. was the punishment going to come down? Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, doing a little reading in the book, he has a friend called Lenny, I believe, sure. who's like a thug, and um, it's like a friend of yeah, his. Yeah, I read about this, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and he treats really bad and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Just sees and, him as a brutish. Mm. And they manipulate a teacher and um, say that they were abused by this teacher and, you know, sort of thing. And it seems like, you know, there are other relationships at work in the book. I'm guessing the book is much better than the film. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you hated the film. Uh, yeah, I thought it was poorly directed. I thought Lynn Rhymes, is that a name? She's trying for this Kubrick. Lynn Ramsey. Ramsey, yeah. yeah. Trying for this. I think Lynn Rhymes is a musical artist. Lynn Ramsey is. <laughs> I believe she sings Can't Fight the Moonlight from the Coyote Ugly movie. Lynn Rebsy. Ramsey. Um, I think she went for this Kubrick sort of style. Like you saw that with the, especially with the settings of the house, how um, minimalist I guess it was, if you can say. And it, I don't know, it just became retarded. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that that style, I, I I just didn't like it. It was too slow, and it wanted to be Kubrick, but just became more distant. I guess. There is um, one trait. My daughter Jade is an angel at this yeah. point. Uh, she's about five weeks old when this is po- podcast is being recorded and at the moment she's an angel yeah um short of not sleeping well um and needing to to feed often because she is an infant um there is one thing that she shares with kevin and uh it is that as soon as her nappy gets put on occasionally she'll fill it again right <laughs> you know when he did it very kind of Deliberately, deliberately yeah obviously and he she's was older he's walking yeah around. exactly yeah, yeah. obviously she is not doing that deliberately in any way yeah. um but i did immediately think that was kind of something i could i could touch base on wow. relate to but the only thing was i know that she's gonna grow out of this and and it's not gonna be the way it was in the film because yeah. <laughs> kevin fills it on purpose in front of till swinton's character and you know aggressively yeah yeah you know i mean there's the scene where um she opens the door and he's pleasuring himself and looks at her and the anger in his eyes and stuff he's got real issues with his mother Mm. this one and it's like you say um the violence you know where she throws him against that wall and he breaks his arm yeah and then after the lie he likes the mum better he sits with her she reads to him and he starts using in the bathroom and it's like he responds to that that's his way of learning you know yeah um really interesting sort of study if you will but it's interesting to me as well that it covered his entire sort of life you know up until 16 17 whenever this yeah it's amazing how much effort they put into it and at the same time it comes across so unbelievable at the same time it, it's just such a pity that was it? your big problem with yeah, it that was my big problem yeah yeah so there the, there couldn't be a child who was this evil yeah that evil it, it, well, it was just um displayed too over the top with the evil looks and how methodical and you said the kid was seemed way ahead of his time like mm-hmm. he was he just knew he was always four steps ahead of everyone else and it just was i i'm wondering if um the little actions he does at the beginning like to see what he can get away with they're all kind of gateway behaviors and so he kills the pet 
to see whether or not he can get away with it. And then when he gets away with it, he's got a bigger thing. He can, he's moving to the next thing, moving to the next thing. You yeah. know? And I think nobody ever really stopped him. And that's why he got away with things that were bigger and sure. bigger and bigger, you know, as yeah. he went. Um, would you say it was bad parenting? Uh, I don't know what it is. I think he was born on the wrong month and the, stu- <laughs> the stars aligned. That's the only explanation getting from the film. And, <laughs> and he was uh, conceived over an Indian burial ground <laughs> with a full moon. Exactly. After one of them was bitten by a vampire. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened. Pretty much. And the ending, uh, where he goes, um, when she goes, the key line, uh, why why Kevin? That's the only thing she's wanted to ask for mm. all these years. Why Kevin? And he just goes, I used to know. Uh, I thought I knew, but I, but I don't anymore, sort of thing. I'm just like, oh, God. Because, That's I mean, I guess the behaviors. Just it. <laughs> no, the behaviors that we have when we're children. Yeah. I mean, we don't think that way for years and years. Like, uh, the Shawshank Redemption, right? When uh, Morgan Freeman's character, Red, he keeps getting brought up for the parole board and uh, he keeps saying he's reformed, he knows what, you know, he did wrong and that he's sorry. And then in the last time when they actually do give him uh, parole, he says, you know, I look back on myself as a young man and I want to stop myself and, and talk to me, you know, and talk to the boy and ask him what's going on and stuff. And I think it's like that. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, it's like um, when people in prison, they, you know, reform and regret and, I mean, you know, rehabilitate. It's like a completely different person now. Yeah. 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 I was just going to read the very end of the book. Yeah. We need to talk about Kevin. So if anybody is planning to read it, um, this should take about a minute or so (laughs) if you want to fast forward. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, have a listen. I think this clears up quite a few sort of... uh, Uh, things about the ending this is all I know that on the 11th of April 1983 unto me a son was born and I felt nothing once again the truth is always larger than what we make of it as that infant squirmed on my breast from which he shrank in such distaste I spurned him in return he may have been a fifteenth my size but it seemed fair at the time Since that moment we have fought each other with an unrelenting ferocity that I can almost admire, but it must be possible to earn a devotion by testing the antagonism to its very limit, to bring people closer through the very act of pushing them away, because after three days short of eighteen years I can finally announce that I am too exhausted and too confused and too lonely to keep fighting, and if only out of desperation or even laziness, I love my son." He has five grim years left to serve in an adult penitentiary, and I cannot vouch for what will walk out the other side. But in the meantime, there is a second bedroom in my serviceable apartment. The bedspread is plain. A copy of Robin Hood lies on the bookshelf, and the sheets are clean. So basically, I think that says five years we could have a sequel. <laughs> no, I think they already did that. It's The Omen too. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it spells out that um, now she loves her son. And it's taken her three days or five days, whatever she said, short of 18 years to realise that. And if, as she says, even out of loneliness or of laziness or forgiveness, you know, whatever it is that's made her now feel this. At the end of the film, I was thinking it wasn't much like yourself. Maybe it wasn't that satisfying. To just have the hug and the I don't even know anymore. 
And that's not really an answer. No, it isn't, know? is it? Especially for, I don't want to say two hours, but it felt like two hours, you know, just like, oh. I, I wouldn't have liked a voiceover that said yeah. exactly that sort of stuff from the, you know, um, book. But would you have thought it was better if there was a glimpse five years in the future of him coming out of the penitentiary? No. Um, I think the problem st- um, was from the from the get-go. I think they really should have drew attention to him maturing instead of going for the... I don't know. There should have been more of a human aspect to it rather than just this cold, you know, we have to find out or make it up for ourselves, really, because that's what a film is. It's... Its main thing is it's giving it to the audience. You make you guys make up what's going on behind the behind the eyes, and I think they should have answered that a little bit more um, at the beginning. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think that from that onwards, they really locked themselves into a small box, and at the end, that's the only way to really end it. From there, is just to say, just for the kid to go. I, I don't know. Mm. I, I can't explain it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess at least, like I say, I got that Shawshank vibe. Like yeah. he didn't know as a sure. kid. And that maybe now he's going to think about his actions and reform, which is, I guess, the point of prison. And that was three years. Like, was it three years after that killing? That's when that scene comes up. I see, yeah. Yeah. So I guess he was 15 then. When that happened. When he... Yeah, yeah. 18 or so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you remember the room where she decorates it with maps? Yeah, I remember that scene. And he covers it with paint? And it's never redone. It's never redone. That was odd, wasn't it? I think it was for an artistic purpose for the movie, obviously. As you said, with red, the splashes of red, him ruining the life. But yeah, it was so over the top. I would have been like, no, she would have. Definitely would have redone it. I mean, if not just peeling it all off and painting it or something because I understand there were rare maps she put up and they're completely ruined now so I guess the justification of the movie no they're rare maps you know but there's a lot of paint and also it's almost like having a trophy there the whole time so Kevin can say I did that yeah it's like a reminder that he got away with another thing you know it's at a certain point things are ruined they become garbage I guess yeah I don't know the bow and arrow Let's talk about that. Yep. It's a very medieval way of killing. And I'm guessing Elephant, which you've seen and I haven't, had guns? Yep, had guns, yep. So it's kind of an original take. Sure. I mean, uh, the bolting everybody in as well. Um, and it's big gym. You see some shots of him just sort of firing off those arrows and stuff in the gym. Yeah, medieval. Yep, brutal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I could see that coming, unfortunately. Yep. I feel Same. like initially they give you this very... Uh, well, it's a puzzle, I guess, with not all the pieces there. And then, as during the film, he becomes better and better with the bow and arrow. It's quite obvious yes. that's what's going to happen. Yeah, he's going to yep use it. Yeah, and that it is a lethal weapon you've given a kid who's I don't know ten or so years old, and then he's just kind of harnessed this. As you, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I mean, John C. Riley handed him a weapon that he would use to kill his own father, yeah. kind of thing. I mean, it's yeah. And uh, one of the scenes I found really interesting in this film was the scene with the I love you virus. He keeps viruses in his room. and um, oh, For the computer. Yep. Yeah, and uh, she says, shouldn't you collect stamps or something? And he says, uh, there is no point and that's the point. You know. Amazing. I thought that this kind of uh, teenage mind, you know, saying it with the computer virus. Yep. I thought was a really interesting way of sort of showing what he thought and I guess pointlessness is a nice way to put it you know 
pure anarchy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's a little bit of the Joker it's there. So there's strange. A... I just find it so strange. He's upper middle class kid with everything, loving parents, and were they loving? That's the uh, argument. I guess. Um, well, the way how it's portrayed, I felt she did everything she could. Maybe she was cold in a way, like her style. But I don't know. I just like an upper middle class kid growing up with this beautiful big house and everything he could ever want just turning this bad I just went come on man <laughs> and also I mean the fact that he wouldn't wear clothes that fit him yeah every time he sort of moved around his shirt would expose his belly button yeah yeah I'm just oh he's an emo kid oh now I get it <laughs> cheer up son jeez <laughs> and uh, as loving as his like parental situation was when they get divorced uh, the dad says, oh, hey, Kev, listen, buddy, it's easy to misunderstand something when you hear it out of context. And he goes, why would I not understand the context? I am the context, you know. Yeah. And maybe the fact that his parents were getting divorced is the trigger Yeah. that did all this. Like, he had it all bubbling under the surface. He seemed to like his dad, yeah. didn't he? Besides that one scene where he likes the mum better and he's yeah. like, go away. When he's reading the book, yeah, when yeah. she's reading the book, yeah. He seems to respond to his dad like hey welcome home and stuff you know and i don't know that it's all manipulation i think he must genuinely like something about the dad yeah. to be treating him well otherwise i guess they'd kick him out yeah yeah you know maybe i, I would have sent him to that children of the corn place or smacked him over the head <laughs> um I'm I'm really disappointed with how high this movie got with ratings. I think on Rotten Tomatoes it's like eighty percent. Seven point seven on IMDb. Jeez. Oh, um, I recommend people watch a Cass a Cassavetes film before they even look at this, and especially Elephant by Gus Van Sant. Um, a Bowling for Columbine, I guess if you haven't seen that yet by um Michael Moore, but before you see this movie, watch those films, and then if you still feel like this is a great artistic human study of the mind um then yeah go ahead <laughs> vote that 80 <laughs> percent um originally while looking stuff up about this film i had jumped on imdb and uh the blurb at the top previously did say a mother struggling to come to terms with uh, a massacre done by her son kind of thing that has been changed <laughs> so uh, i apologize <laughs> but i did read that many reviewers like uh in the papers and stuff were saying you know massacre and like uh spoiling the the major sort of yeah events and as it's this really slow burn kind of thriller where you're and as you say it was like a horror film yeah it was like a horror film and yeah. you don't necessarily want to know what's happened until you get there you yes. kind of need to know more about the characters and stuff if they just shown this massacre at the beginning we would have i guess watched the film and said okay we know yeah. massacre's coming massacre's coming let's get to it kind of thing um and it was a big reveal Especially like uh, the death of yeah, the... that's really important. That doesn't get spoiled, isn't it? You're absolutely right because yeah. the film paces itself for that punchline, mm. and having been spoiled by looking at IMDb or yeah, just for a blurb about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, really be, destroys it. You shouldn't yeah. be getting spoilers. I mean, you're not gonna. I was about to spoil a film, but I, I was just gonna say you're not gonna look up Fight Club or something and see the twists in the you know description yeah or the head in the box on seven or something yeah spoilers for seven there <laughs> again you you've had a few years 95 <laughs> uh, yep, seven yep. wow yeah okay that's a little while mm. um tilda swinton's character trying to reassimilate after the events in the present i found really interesting yeah as well. that, i thought that was the most interesting part of the movie yeah. yeah she had this horrible job people treated her badly she got hit in the face as we said 
there's that horrible scene where she's driving home and it's Halloween and she comes home and, and she doesn't have any candy yeah and she's yeah. got nothing and she's just kind of drinking wine and turning out the lights and that sort of stuff and there's that guy at her work who's like who would want you now and yeah stuff, that was you know. brutal <laughs> yeah I mean it is a horrible revenge leaving her alive because we're watching her life and wondering why she doesn't move away because it's but horrible. she's a very tough woman like yeah yeah sure. she's tra- world travels she's gonna stand her ground yeah, that's the thing this. though I mean Kevin's done this horrible thing He's in prison for the next five years. Presumably the film is like the book and it's five years. Um, she doesn't want to move away from him. There's a proximity issue, I'm guessing. Must be the only reason because, you know, she couldn't stay in her house. There's too many reminders. She's moved to this small serviceable apartment. I'm wondering why she doesn't take a drive or a holiday or um, anything. Because she sold a big house. She's moved into a small house. You know, she's got some cash. She's working a job. I'm guessing she's got an income. She could probably budget. And Kevin's not going anywhere. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, at a certain point, he's got to just sit on his own in prison and look himself in the mirror. You're saying it's too unbelievable that she's staying there. She should That seems leave, to be the yeah. only reason she's staying there is it's because of proximity to the prison yeah. and so she can visit Kevin. And that's her only fam- family member left. And as she writes, she does now love him, you know, kind of in the book. Um... But that's the thing. I feel like if it was all too horrible, you could move and you could not associate yourself with every person you run into as a reminder of this event. You know, I feel like this is why people move, maybe, you know, when horrible <laughs> things happen sure. and people want to escape things. But she still seems to want to live it. That, that for me, was the most unbelievable part. Sure, right. Was that she was still around and dealing with the fallout of this whole thing. And that also how horrible people were to her. The community backlash, yeah, sure. Yeah, was also unbelievable. And that's why what led me to believe she must have done something, you know. And the community must see that she raised a monster. Mm. That must be the limit of it. Yeah. Um, Because she hasn't done anything else. She's raised a monster that killed people. You know, I mean... And that was a great assumption, assuming she did something really bad as well. Yeah. And that's why the community hated her so much, but In, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a while. Bowling for Columbine, don't they blame, like, uh, computer games and, yep, like... they they blame society as society. a whole. Society. Yeah, but I don't think there was any backlash to the parents themselves. There might have been in a... You know, something that we haven't seen, like uh, Michael Moore couldn't obviously delve you that You can't much. cover everything You can't cover everything, so maybe it's an American thing. I can't, as an Australian, I can't picture something like that happening here. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any guns, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, I couldn't imagine... We do have bows and arrows. Yeah, <laughs> that, I can't imagine a community attacking the parents because of that, but I haven't been under that situation, though. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about the sister. Yeah. So she is born to even the odds. Yeah. You know, I mean... And, and she is really good. Like, she is the polar opposite of Kevin. She is the angel. She, she is, needs yeah. her parents. Yeah. She, she's not independent no. at all. And... And she's loving. She's kind. She's, um... Uh, sweet. Um... And ignorant of any evils or anything like that. And just... Yeah. And hurting her hurts the mother the most. Yeah. You know, I mean, you... Have this incident with the drain cleaner. And during the film... It's not exactly clear whether or not he hurt his sister or whether, you know, it was an accident, it was left out and she got into it. That never seems to be cleared up. Mm. It seemed like they would ask the daughter, did you 
pour that in your eye? Yeah, exactly. or, or did you... Was it Kevin? Just tell me. It was Kevin, what, wasn't it? Was she, was she asleep <laughs> and he yeah. poured it on her? You know, sure. Did she not have any memory of it? I just didn't feel like that was really covered. And I would be asking more questions. If my daughter loses an eye... I'm asking questions. And there was a touching scene where she's like um, cleaning the cleaning eye. Cleaning the eye. The and she tells, I love you, mom. And yeah. you think, there's the opportunity. <laughs> so, honey, what happened? Was it Kevin? <laughs> and knowing the final events of the film, it seems pretty likely that it is Kevin. I don't know how much this is covered in the book. <laughs> I would love to hear if you yeah, yeah. let us know on our Facebook page um, how, my, how clear it is whether or not it was Kevin. Um... But the thing is, I did skim and find one thing that says it's pretty likely it was Kevin from the book. Okay. And I'd like to read it to you, Lloyd. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. This, now, I'm not 100% sure. Yep. This might just be circumstances that lead to you thinking yep. that it is Kevin. But this makes it seem to me like it's Kevin. All right? And again, correct me if I'm wrong on Facebook. The quote is... And the circumstances is the mum is visiting Kevin in prison. So this is after the events of the massacre. With a small, crafty smile, he opened his palm, displaying the talisman with the shy pride of a boy with his prize shooting marble. I stood up so quickly that my chair clattered backwards onto the floor. It isn't often that when you look at an object, it looks back. So he has the glass eye of the daughter and he's keeping it like a trophy and I'm guessing this has been left out of the film because you wouldn't really have possessions like that in prison I mean that would be kind of confiscated so it's in the book though on implication that he that he did it sure he's showing it like almost like a trophy the same way that the room is covered in maps and that that stays up like a look what Kevin did he's showing her he's Mm. just holding in his hand you know at the time and that to me says look what I did in the same way that the maps do. Yeah. I mean, did you... You liked the, the sister. Yeah, I, I liked the sister. Yeah, and the polar opposite thing helped. Because yeah. you found it too unbelievable that the sun could be like that. So was it, it wasn't unbelievable that there could be no, a nice... No, she, she was so nice to, and innocent to the point, oh, yeah, I could see that. I've, I've met those um, girls those before, and they were just like that, sweet and nice like that. I've never met a Kevin, you know, that... <laughs> ridiculous and I've been to pretty bad schools (laughs) look I'm sure people like this exist I just don't think they ever manifest into this kind of monster I think they um, break something in the kitchen and the parents tell them off and say you know why you shouldn't have done that and then they don't do it again or um, I think it's um, they play with fire and get burned you know what I mean Elephant and um, Bowling for Columbine these were kids who are suicidal and these were kids you know the obvious problems you know mm-hmm. Kevin he doesn't have any problems he's, well, he, yeah he's, he doesn't have any problems he's Damien you know uh, not sorry to keep going back to that but mm. he's just portrayed so two dimensionally the but hair you, helped the hair being yeah. the same as Damien yeah <laughs> the black yeah cheer up emo kid <laughs> He was uh, much more vulnerable at the end when he hugs his mother and uh, she asks why. And he does say, I used to think I knew, but now I'm not so sure. And um, it is interesting. He displays the simple need for love and comfort right at the end. And part of his maturity, now he's growing up, he's realizing what he's done. That was, I thought, quite interesting. Um, Turning 18, obviously. Yeah. And um, I guess... 
it's interesting to think you could have a child, having just become a father myself, to have a child and think you could not love them till they're 18. That seems really weird yeah, to me. it does. <laughs> I'm guessing it, it changed her world a lot to have a child. The adventurer stuff stopped. Um, she was suddenly just this wife and mother instead of uh, having her own career and things like that. But mm. um, it's I would have thought it was kind of a, a depression or something like that. More More elements would have come forward in her mm. and you would have seen her be more depressed or something. Um, but she seemed very still and aware of what was going on the whole time, you know. Yeah, she seemed very level-headed, didn't she? Exactly, thing, and yeah. nothing really changed with her besides, you see those scenes where she's, like, seeming worried about being pregnant. Um, oh, it's started raining here. I don't know if you can yeah, hear that. Yeah, we've had terrible weather in Canberra for the last... Well, for the whole summer. <laughs> yeah, no, it has not been phenomenal. Yeah. I, I guess I look at this and I think this is an absolute worst-case scenario, really. I yeah. mean, this is... Uh, an example of if you do everything wrong uh, this is how it could go or an example of a very badly written screenplay or book yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the book has won awards sure. so I mean people... so is a beautiful mind but <laughs> <laughs> that also didn't transfer to a film so well is that what you're <laughs> yeah well I guess um, we'll wrap it up for this episode yeah, sure. we need to talk about Kevin again guys go watch um, Elephant by Gus Van Sant or any Cassavetes film before watching this and then I'd respect your opinion <laughs> yeah and if you want to leave us some feedback um, yeah, podmeifyoucan.com is the website and on that one there are links in the top left corner and uh, we've got a link to our Facebook page Lloyd and my Twitter accounts um, and any podcasts you might have missed are available there on uh, podmeifyoucan.com. Uh, I also want to mention we've just added two more links, and they are to both of our YouTube channels. And uh, I thought we would do a quick plug for Lloyd's, <laughs> yep. which is called Halius Tales. So, Lloyd, if you want to tell us, what is Halius Tales? Uh, yeah, you can go on YouTube, uh, Google Halius Tales. I do adaptations of poems. Well, well, hold on. You could also go to Pod Me if you can. Oh, Pod Me if you can. And, and you can just click use the, the link. link. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying. Yeah. So, let's not confuse it. Um, yeah, like I do adaptations of poems, um, uh, fables and so forth, uh, pretty much everything. And they're like short little films, I guess. Um, you can watch. They're a lot of fun. I try to release one every two weeks, and I've been doing them for quite a number of years now um but yeah they're just and i'm now doing sort of original adaptations but they go anywhere these little little films and i was watching one before i came over here today and it was um the daddy long legs oh yeah the vlogs yep yeah uh where you were just captured this nice little bit of footage of um what was it yeah it was a hornet that stung this da- um this spider yep. and it was dragging this spider to its nest yeah what like they... lifeless looking spider yeah it's stung. a freaky looking thing and um what they do the hornets inject it with their their eggs and the yeah. eggs burst out of the spider sort of like an alien hmm. and as it was as it was as it was dragging it to its nest a daddy long leg spider has its own nest there and saw this um, this thing coming for it and like started en- encroaching on its territory. Yeah, yeah. So the daddy longleg just attacked this hornet. It was amazing. The hornet's like, "What the hell?" Drops the spider and gets and you know finds another way back. It was amazing. You got to check that out. <laughs> yeah, and and you were doing a little filming of it, and then uh, you're just like, "Oh, whoa!" <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was so freaked out. If anything moved, I was shaking. <laughs> nice. Um, well, 
Duran Keeley requested that one. Thanks, Eve Duran. I love you. Thanks, <laughs> thanks so much for um, requesting that. Oh, he's a great mate. I know him. Um, sorry, I didn't like the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next time will be my choice, and I have picked for us to watch uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene, which is uh, about a character called Martha, who uh, runs away from a cult at the beginning of the film and is portrayed by Elizabeth Olsen, the uh, more unknown Olsen's sister. So uh, we'll be discussing that next week. If you uh, have an opportunity to watch that film in cinemas um, before then, or if you've already seen it, hopefully you'll look forward to that podcast. All right, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks, guys. All the best. All the best.